The Gospel-Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Thank you for joining us on this new podcast. I'm Andy Owens, the pastor of Family Discipleship, and I am with our very own Daniel Savage. Daniel, welcome. Thank you, brother. Good to be here. Uh, glad you're here, man. Uh, so we're going to, on this uh, inaugural episode, we're going to dive into chapter one of Donald Whitney's helpful little book uh, with a simple title, Family Worship. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to ask you, uh, Daniel, quickly to tell me about your family and do you guys practice family worship? Yes. Um, my uh, family is... Uh, uh, my wife and I, Amy, uh, we have three kids. Uh, they are uh, 11, 9, and 7. They're fifth, third, and first grade, so we're sort of spanning elementary school right now. And we practice family worship. Um, it uh, has certainly looked different over the years and um, has taken different forms. But now that all three kids are in school, we've uh, fallen into a rhythm where we do it uh, in the morning. So as the kids are eating breakfast um, around the the breakfast table, you know, getting ready for school, it'll come down, eat breakfast, and while they're eating breakfast, I'll uh, read some scripture. That's and because you eat breakfast at 5 a.m., right? I do, I do eat breakfast at 5 a.m. Or our listeners or want be- to know that. Or before. As soon as he wakes uh, up, he eats a bowl of oatmeal. It's essential. Um and so I, I, we do that around the table. I read a brief passage of scripture, something out of what I read that morning, um, and then ask them usually one simple question, like, what does this teach us about God? And we talk about that and apply it and uh, then pray together, and then they go on their way, keep getting ready for school. What about, what about you? What do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, Erica and I, we have four kids. They are five, eight, almost 11, and 12. And we've done various things through the years. It's kind of long been our goal to have family worship time every day. Uh, Rare have been the weeks that we've actually had family worship time every day. Mm. Um, We do ours in the evenings, typically uh, after dinner. Um, Sometimes we do sermon discussion guide, or we've gone through seasons of doing the the Providence reading plan, which is whatever passage we're on that day, we'll do do that. We... um, We've used other booklets, uh, kind of family devotional guides, some that walk through portions of Scripture, some that are more like key beliefs, Christian beliefs. So um, I think it is, it's just worth saying uh, that our family worship times don't always go smoothly, right? Uh, sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I get impatient. Sometimes I'm, I just don't initiate. I don't lead like I should. Um, I think it's important for our families to hear that uh, and to hear that none of us get it right all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I like, for instance, have you ever not had family worship or have you ever gotten angry at your kids during family worship? Uh, the answer to both of those questions is yes. Um, I knew he would say that. We uh, have uh, failed many times. We've probably actually over the years failed to have it more times than we've succeeded. Um, you know, there's been... Seasons when it was really difficult, um, where our kids were younger or they were just in different phases and they go to sleep at different times. There's all sorts of factors that make this difficult. Um, and so there's been seasons where uh, we had a terrible record of how often we were doing it. Uh, I think um, 
early on, though, I was encouraged somewhere along the way, and I can't remember where, but just to keep trying. And when you fail, start again. And if you go a, a week or a month without doing it, it doesn't matter. Just start again. And that, that's, right. that's really so served good. us well, uh, where we've, we've picked up again, over and over again, even though uh, there's been days and weeks and seasons where we failed. Uh, we just, we've kept at it. And now you know, we're seeing you know, a measure of, of fruit from that. That's great. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay, so in chapter one, what Dr. Whitney does is he basically makes a case that from beginning to end, the Bible assumes that fathers specifically, parents in general, will teach their children God's truth. They will pass on the truth of God to the next generation, and he makes the case that the main avenue through which that happens is family worship, right? Something that looks like the family sitting down to read the Bible together, to pray together, and to sing together. So one of the key passages is Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. Daniel, you want to read it? I'm going to read it. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So that's a, a familiar passage. Um, and I think a lot of people read that and think, oh, well, you know, teaching my kids is just something that's supposed to happen, um, you know, intermittently and when the opportunities arise. Um, what do you think about that, Andy? Is that what the passage is teaching? Well, uh, it certainly is teaching that parents can teach uh, anytime. Unplanned opportunities are significant opportunities, right? As you go, as you're riding down the road and um, you you know you come upon a topic or you see something. Or when one kid steals a toy from another kid. Those are prime opportunities to teach uh, about God being generous and gracious. And yes, uh, so there's lots of as-you-go moments, but the phrase you shall teach them diligently to your children, I think uh, at minimum implies that we should have some sort of intentional, systematic plan for teaching our kids. And Dr. Whitney's point is family worship is the the best way for that to happen. Um, so yes, it should happen all the time, but it should also happen at set, consistent times. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, um, you know, there's several other key passages, Psalm 78, 1 through 8, are, are some really key verses talking about, you know, uh, fathers teaching the glorious deeds of the Lord to the next generation so that they should set their hope in God, Ephesians 6. Um, actually, this is worth noting, in Ephesians 5, you know, before, he, before Paul tells fathers to train their children, he tells husbands to love their wives uh, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And though I don't want to spend too much time on this, I think it's worth stating that though we often talk about kids and the next generation, there's also reality that husbands and wives can and should worship God together, right? Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, praying together, um, trying to read the word together, those are Things that um, you don't have to wait until you have kids to do. Uh, those are things that you don't you can have to do. stop doing once your kids leave the home. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Those are things that that can regularly 
encourage your faith and draw uh, the two of you closer together. That's right. So, but the the key text is Ephesians six four. Fathers, um, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right. Um, so there's this idea of regular training and regular nourishment or instruction. And and um, you know, there's a there's a great a great quote by J.C. Ryle in his little booklet, The Duties of Parents, uh, where he talks about children being like a narrow necked vessel that you're trying to pour some sort of liquid into, right? You you can't pour it fast or you'll spill most of it. You have to pour it slow, uh, you know, drop by drop and and or or children are like like a garden, right? We don't go out and water the plants in our garden with a five gallon bucket. We don't dump a bunch of water on it at one time and say, all right, there there's enough water for the next two weeks. We little by little, drop by drop, uh, gentle uh, gentle watering is what makes plants grow. Uh, how are kids like that? And how is family worship like that, Daniel? Um, well, I think that sort of thinking is the way we ought to be thinking about training our kids, that you don't have to have this uh, one dynamic conversation to teach your kids everything there is to know about God or even so the gospel. Um you know, as we're trying to give our kids the gospel, family worship is the place to do that because it's regular and intermittent, and it uh, gives you the opportunity to give the gospel in pieces and drips and drops. And um, they they don't have the pressure of comprehending it all at one time, and you don't have the pressure of explaining it all at one time. The gospel is glorious and vast. And to be regularly dripping it into their lives is the way to give it to them. Yeah. 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 So that's a good place to end this conversation is just how does the gospel, the good news of God's saving grace in Jesus come into this conversation? And you've just said it's a way to family worship is an opportunity to not in one big moment, just dump the gospel on our kids, but let them soak in the good news of God's love in Christ day after day. Um, it's also a really good way for us who believe, for husbands and wives and kids who've come to faith to remember and meditate on the gospel, to celebrate it together in our homes, right? We we are united in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, as mm-hmm. Paul says in Ephesians 4. Or he, sa- he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, to remember Jesus Christ, offspring of David, risen from the dead, according to my gospel. And family worship is a great way for us to uh, to come together to celebrate what God has done in the gospel. Yeah, the last thing I'd add is the gospel uh, is a healing balm and a and a and, a, and a, a remedy for the aching hearts of dads and parents who have failed in this. Mm, so uh, good. So there's so much grace for us um, that we can uh, our our acceptance before God is not based on our performance in this one area. Um, but there is grace, and, and that grace not only gives us uh, a balm for the past, but it gives us motivation to press into the future with boldness to try to lead our families in this way. That's right. So if you've never led your family or you haven't been leading your family lately, remember the gospel, take heart, and teach your family the gospel, right? Press on. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we really hope this little conversation will help you show one another, your kids, and help you all delight in the greatness and worth of our God by worshiping worshiping Him together. So I uh, hope to see you next time. Thanks, guys. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.